Welcome to the 10K Collective podcast for six, seven and eight figure Amazon and e-commerce sellers, a part of the amazing FBA family. If you want to scale fast, target a seven figure exit and enjoy the process, then keep listening. Today's episode is sponsored by the new e-commerce podcast, The E-Commerce Leader, co-hosted by myself, Michael Vizi, and Jason Miles, top 1% Shopify store owner and Unimi's highest rated e-commerce instructor. If you're the owner of a thriving e-commerce business, look for The E-Commerce Leader on your favorite podcast app and subscribe today. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the 10K Collective podcast, the place to be for six, seven and eight figure Amazon sellers. And uh, it gives a great, great pleasure to welcome back two fantastic guys to the podcast, real major overachievers, Rick Cesari and Jason Boyce. They've written a book together called The Amazon Jungle. So in no particular order, Jason is founder of Avenue 7 Media, an Amazon agency and former top 200 Amazon seller for 17 years. So a massive seller and for a really long period of time. And Rick is a real legend. He's sort of one of the pioneers, I guess you could say, of direct-to-consumer marketing on uh, TV and and has since been an expert in what I guess he calls direct branding and helping people to make money at the same time as actually making a really desirable connecting brand that connects the consumer. So I hope I've roughly got that right. Chaps, welcome to the show. Great introduction. Thank Thanks for having us on. Yeah, thank cool. you, Michael. That's all I, Rick and I just love that you have both of us on. That's This is one of our funnest types of podcasts. So thanks for having us. Yeah, I really like it. I've got a, a podcast that I co-host with my co-host, Jason Miles, the e-commerce leader, shameless plug there, but it's really fun. Like a conversational type thing is just a lot more fun than, than sitting there sort of ranting at YouTube for 40 minutes about how I've just bought a Tesla or whatever. It's not very absorbable <laughs> content. So hope, hopefully there's a bit more of a human face to this content than some of the stuff out there in the Amazon space. But look, let's get a little bit of a flavor for who you are. I've given a very, very short introduction. So let's get a sort of potted bio of you each. And, and then we'll talk about how you guys have started working together. So Jason, tell us about you first. Sure, sure. So, you know, I, I'm going to start all the way back to college. So it took me a long time to graduate from college. I, I learned that I had some some learning disabilities. And so it took me about eight years to graduate from college. And when I graduated, I was sort of ADD and hyperactive and I couldn't really focus well. So I joined the Marine Corps. And after the Marine Corps, I decided to start this online business called Super Duper Hoops with my brothers. And, you know, we were doing that business for a couple of years, actually, I would say about nine months before Amazon picked up the phone and called us in 2003 and said, hey, we want you to sell bas your basketball hoops at the time. That's what we were selling. We've been in the sporting goods, fitness and home rec space, but we want you to sell your basketball hoops on Amazon. And I said, what are you talking about? You guys sell books. You know, that's how long ago it was, right? All the way back in 2003. And he said, yeah, I just got hired to run the sports and outdoors category. We want you to send us CSV files and load up your product and we'll take 15 points and you keep the rest. And we were like, great. And so I did that and we built a business, built an eight-figure business over the next 17 years, was a top 200 seller for a very long time. And then I, I started Avenue 7 Media I was I was speaking at some events, some of the events that Rick and I both spoke at. Of course, Rick is always the keynote speaker, and I'm like the last speaker at these events, just for the record. And I learned something about myself. Every, anytime I would speak, folks would come up and they would say, hey, I've got this problem. Can you help me? And I'd be like, oh, yeah, I had that problem like three years ago. Or, yeah, I had that problem. Try this. I did that a year ago. And I realized it was much more meaningful for me to help others than to have my own business. And so I started Avenue 7 Media, and that's what we do here. We help Amazon sellers or people who aren't on the Amazon platform figure it out, 
and grow profitably on the platform. And then I had the good fortune of, of meeting Rick. I'll let Rick tell that side of the story. But I've been in this Amazon game for a long time. I have a lot to say about it. So looking forward to getting into the more of the details with you, Michael. Absolutely. It's quite amazing. Amazon, actually, somebody from Amazon phoned you and spoke to you. This is a rare occurrence. That in itself tells you how long ago it was, because that, yeah, that, that was relationship that relationship is flipped yeah. around, right? <laughs> so, Rick. Yeah, us, it's really us. hard to get them on the phone these days. That's for Absolutely. Sure, yeah, we're, we're begging <laughs> to call them, not the other way around. So, Rick, tell us your sort of, you know, brief bio. What's, what's... Yeah, so, Michael, like you mentioned in the introduction, I've been in the direct-to-consumer marketing industry for over 25 years. Every type of direct-to-consumer marketing, you know, I, I got started before there was an internet, so I was using newspaper ads. And But the principles that I've learned over the years have really remained the same as technology changed. And a few years ago, I decided to, I was getting a little bit older, I decided to wrap, you know, wind down my agency. I had a, a marketing agency that did this type of marketing and really focus on writing books. And I made a goal that I was going to write five books before the time I was 65. And I had this Amazon jungle is our fourth book. So I'm, I'm, I got one more to go and, and to make that, but I started doing um, more speaking and consulting. And I was lucky enough to be asked to give the keynote talk at the prosper show in Las Vegas, you know, for Amazon sellers. And it was kind of eye opening for me because I think this was three or four years ago. And I, I was really, Amazon was under the, believe it or not, it's hard to believe, was under the radar for me as far as a marketing platform. And I really didn't know a lot until I gave that talk and met tons and tons of successful Amazon sellers that were building these businesses. And one guy that came up to me after the talk was Jason, and, and we just hit it off. And it turned out that we were both living in Seattle, and we started meeting every week for coffee, exchanging ideas. And he was educating me about Amazon and how to market on Amazon and, and you know, all the things involved in doing, you know, selling on the platform. And at the same time, I was educating him about what I knew about direct-to-consumer marketing, building a brand. And it was a great, it was like a match made in heaven. And every Friday, we couldn't wait to get to, to our coffee rendezvous. And, you know, one of the things that came out of it, besides helping each other's business, is the idea for this book and and that's how we are ended up here today so by the way michael i got the much better end of that information exchange <laughs> the stuff that rick shared with me was just gold yeah, I'm sure you guys both being extremely modest. I mean, you both real, real powerhouses of your industries, but I've had the pleasure of, of interviewing a couple of times before, Rick. So I, I certainly know just how deep your thinking goes on this stuff. And I've read um, By Now and uh, the other book that we interviewed before, which shamefully the name of which escapes video, me. But... Video Persuasion. Video Persuasion. Video persuasion. That that's well, a yeah, great one. That's crazy because yeah. I've, I've kind of quoted <laughs> it at people and actually forced people to buy it, actually, because I said, look, if you want to do video, to be honest, there's one guy for that. His name's Rick I Go read the book and then come back to me with any sort of details you want to discuss because it's, it's that definitive i think so okay look so we've established you guys are masters of your art so let's try and uh, let's let's get some value out there for, for the audience so the first thing i guess that i would what i got from from the amazon jungle as the name of the book implies amazon's a dangerous place right so yeah. this is obviously not news to many people who've been selling on amazon for a while some of whom may have experienced amazon nicking their private label products suspending their listings even in the worst cases suspending their accounts even for such crazy things as somebody made a listing in mexico which is the latest soup du jour as my friend cj rosenbaum put it he 
he's a lawyer he deals with his stuff so there's all sorts of horrors out there so you can twist the knife a little bit if you like but what interests me is to try and get a, a sort of protection strategy or how do we get ahead of amazon as a danger to us how do we get ahead of the dangers that are on the amazon platform to take advantage of what is undoubtedly a crazy opportunity that's the big thrust of what i'm after when Rick and I sat down to start this book, our idea was to almost, I mean, not this cheesy, but to sort of do a get rich quick scheme, how to make millions on Amazon, right? Because it was such a hot topic at the time. And when we finally started to sit down and start writing the book and organizing our thoughts, I started to have these memories, these scar tissue memories of areas where Amazon really screwed us over, right? And one of our Friday morning meetings, Rick and I sat down. I said, Rick, every time I talk about a tactic or strategy on Amazon, I'm remembering three or four things where Amazon kneecapped me. And Rick was like, you've got to tell that story. And so that's where we came up with the premise of the book. And, and you know, Mr. Authentic, Rick Cesari here was just saying, we just have to be real about it. So the premise of the book is, look, Amazon are jerks. They're not your friend. Don't be misguided. Go into this with eyes wide open. You have to be on Amazon because here in the United States, Michael, Amazon has, a, the, the latest report I have is 55% online market share. That's not even the biggest number or the most striking number Walmart is now second place. They're at 5% market share. Walmart, the biggest retailer in America online is only 5% of what the total online market share is. So you got to be there, right? If you're, not, if you're not on Amazon, you're not online. We say this all the time. And then the last thing is, if you're, if you're going to be on Amazon, we spell out in the book what we believe from our experience, is the best strategy, the best long-term strategy. There's, as you know, Michael, you know better than anybody. There's many ways you can do it. You can drop ship. You can you could do retail arbitrage. But what we lay out in the book is how to pick a product, how to develop a product, how to get it made, because because half of the battle is great product. And then once you have a product, how to lay out the strategy to be in a defensible position on Amazon in a way that you can grow profitably. Right. So <laughs> there's a lot to take on board there. So yeah, the, I like the fact that you've clarified two things that are brutally true. One is Amazon are jerks and your friends. And the second one is you have to be on Amazon. I wasn't aware that Walmart had only 5% market share, but that's an absolutely striking difference. As you said, the difference is so massive. So I guess that kind of blows out of the water the idea that everyone has a I'm just going to go off into a desert island and build my own uh, site and then it's going to take off really quickly. I mean, by the way, I'm not decrying that as, a, as an approach. It works, but it's very, very different. Very much harder to get going. Not something I've personally ever tried to do. So if we're going to have to yeah, be on Michael. Amazon... I'm sorry to interrupt, Michael. So if, I, if I could just say, you know, mm. it takes hard work. I mean, you're, you're making a really good point. If you think it's a get-rich-quick scheme, it's going to be easy. You're going to turn $10,000 into a million. It's not. And, you know, the reason why I mentioned in the introduction that I was a former Marine, I tell this to cl clients and potential clients all the time, the difference between being a big Amazon seller and being a Marine is the Marines was easier. I mean, it's really hard <laughs> to be a big Amazon seller, right? Yeah. And so, I mean, I think, you know, Rick is so authentic about this. We just wanted to be honest with everybody. If you're going to go out there and you're going to be a million dollar seller, you're going to be an eight figure seller, you're going to work your tail off. There are no weekends, right? You don't get to take Saturday off if you're a big Amazon seller because Amazon doesn't take Saturday off. So, so that's the reality. And we just, we just wanted to be frank and open and honest about it. Yeah, Thank and you. Also, I just want to add to that, like, like any marketing platform in the early days, it was much easier to make money. 
And now you still can. And you just need to, instead of being able to like just pick a product, throw it up there and you get sales, obviously, you know, there's more to it than that. And that's what we tried to do with the Amazon Jungle is really a, a guide from A to Z of all the different little things you need to do correctly to have success on Amazon. And if you do all those things, you, you will have success because Jason does that day in, day out with his agency for many different products over many different categories. And so the information is there comes from real experience dealing with real products. And what I added to it was things that I've learned over the years to develop your brand. And when you put those two things together, the, the Amazon guidebook and building your brand, it, it, it's a really powerful formula. And just one last thing, and Michael, it's like when you said, you know, you can't just build a website and sell. We've seen it so many times that any ad spending you do off of Amazon, if you don't have an Amazon presence, you're really advertising other people's products. So Amazon is like one of the main legs of a marketing stool that you have to have that great foundation because people are going to go there if you do any type of advertising off of Amazon. And if you aren't there, you're just selling someone else's product. Excellent. Well, that's a good reality check. Now, mm -hmm. let's move on to, you've already, in, in a way, this is a sort of meta bit of the podcast because you've talked about your personal story, Jason. By the way, it always worries me that I know that I was a straight A student at school because the number of entrepreneurs who had learning difficulties, ADHD or or something like that, dyslexic, is, is just amazing to me. And it pretty much seems to be a, a necessary thing to have to succeed, which maybe explains why I'm not an eight-figure Amazon seller and you are. I don't know. <laughs> there seems to be a definite correlation. I have no idea why. It's just amazing. So, yeah, it's very interesting that street smarts and sort of book smarts don't seem to have that much to do with each other, sadly. I, I wish. Otherwise, I'd probably be rich. But what, talking of your personal story, I know the second chapter, talking to sort of talking of the the order in which to do things that fascinated me that you talked about how dangerous Amazon is, but you've got to be there. The second chapter is your personal story is a foundation of an enduring brand. So tell me about that, because that seems very counterintuitive to say Amazon is really dangerous. Now let's talk about something quite abstract sounding. So how does that all tie together? Thanks for asking this, Michael. You know, I, I didn't want to write that chapter. My good friend, Rick Cesari on the call here told me that you got to do it. You got to tell your story. And I'm really glad that I did and, and I, that I listened to Rick because he was right. He basically said, Jason, you, you've got to tell your story because it's such an important element of branding that everyone who is a private label seller out there, when the way that they build a following of customers that will keep coming back to their brand again and again is they have to be... They have to share that true, authentic story. And uh, look, Michael, you read that chapter. You know, my early life wasn't easy, so it was hard. I mean, I shed some tears when I was writing some of that stuff, having some of those memories. But that is what gives, you know, there, there's marketing out there that connects with the frontal lobe, right? The frontal lobe. That's probably your straight A part, Michael. That's probably what helped you. You got a big, you got big brains right there in your frontal lobe, right? But what really works in marketing and merchandising is talking to the deeper parts of the brain that makes that emotional connection, the amygdala part of the brain that gets people excited. It gets their blood pumping. It gets them, you know, to to really fall in love with the brand for reasons they may not fully understand on a conscious level, but they just feel a connection. And so Rick said, look, 
I'm going to, Rick wrote the, wrote the chapters on, on branding because he's, you know, he's the marketing legend here, but he said, you got to tell your story and we've got to do it in a way that says to everybody else out there, who's going to build their brand, tell your story, tell your authentic story, because it's, it's the foundational piece that is so critical for long-term success and growth. Yeah. I just want to add to that real quickly, Michael, you know, storytelling has become a big deal in the marketplace. There's books about it and everything. It's something we've been using for a long time. But if you think about branding, the one key element of branding is how you differentiate yourself from everybody else. And one of the simplest ways to do that is telling your origin story. You know, why did you start your Amazon business? Why did you pick that product? What what what's your background like? And no two people have the same story or same background. So it's a really simple starting place as a way of differentiating yourself from all your competitors. Yeah, yeah Rick's got a great quote, Michael. Different is better than better. And and to Rick's point, everyone has a unique story. We're all unique in our own way in this human experience. And when you are authentic and you tell the true story and you make an emotional connection, you're off to the races. Yeah, there is something about um, being very honest. This is maybe one of the things that British people tend to have is that, that ability to be <laughs> self-deprecating, not in a sort of the same sort of way that Americans tell that they suppose they started the tradition of the, the lawyer whose name I forget, the, the former lawyer who does the, the talk show and everyone sort of spills their guts about their entire marriage and what have you. There's more of that <laughs> confessional culture in America. But nevertheless, as a Brit, here's the interesting thing um, that I would say just in my, my response in a nutshell to why this matters, I think. I read that that uh, chapter and having read an awful lot of books about Amazon selling and, and a lot of marketers tell the personal story, my first reaction was like, oh my God, I feel like about an unpaid therapist, which is a very uncharitable reaction. And the reason I can say that and be really rudely honest is my second reaction like two days later i was just wandering around reading through the notes preparing for the interview and i'm thinking i feel like why do i feel like i really know jason and like i trust what he's going to say i'm like yeah you know what it is because he's revealed everything to me because he was vulnerable because i do actually know the warts and all story and what struck me was my initial reaction was maybe a lot of people have that that fear or a, a distaste for revealing too much about themselves but then i thought about what a powerful bonding thing it's been in retrospect having got away from it for a couple of days like i feel like i kind of know you now and that's fascinating because we have spoken very briefly a while ago once so that just proves that the power of doing this thing is having the courage to do that risk it and then people feel they know you and then there is a okay. bond yeah. You know, we Americans, we love the British culture, right? I'm watching The <laughs> Crown right now, Michael. So I know that the British culture can appreciate, right? They can appreciate. We're watching the Diana story right now. The British culture can appreciate and they can really connect with people who have similar problems that they do, whether they verbalize it or not, right? That's true. So, and yeah, so, maybe and we're not good at verbalizing. The Americans verbalize and the, the Brits kind of silently connect to so say somebody else understands. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, yeah so I, that's... I'll give you another example, Michael, and Jason has a ton of examples too, but it's it's good. I had a client called Puria. There were two sisters from Taiwan that were selling creams that would help with an antifungal cream and a cream that would help with eczema. And they were doing very well because they knew how to do Amazon. But when I went to their website, it was just basically, here's the product and and here's what it does. And I told them, hey, we need to tell your story. And they turned out they had a fascinating story that the recipe or the formulation for the products came from their mother when they were growing up in, in Taiwan. 
and they they didn't have access to doctors or drugstores, and they used all natural ingredients. And that's one of the things that sets the product apart. But again, that gives the product more identity and differentiates it and makes you like you get that personal connection to the people. And that helps break down barriers of purchase. So it works in almost every case and definitely something both Jason and I recommend people do. What I really like about um, what you're saying there and reading your story, Jason, as an example, but it's not an e-commerce example, but it's the same principle, is that it's genuine. And I think what's interesting is that people have a real nose these days for, you know, if somebody appears mentioning no names, borrowing no 5,000 Ferraris on YouTube or whatever. There's just people just these days have kind of seen that already and are kind of, they're either very naive and impressionable, in which case, <laughs> okay, there's always a market for that. But most people are going to be turned off by that or but sort of fake corporate attempts to act like a human being when they're actually a multi-million dollar, multi-billion dollar corporation that doesn't have that personal connection, right? That that authenticity is, as you said, difference better than different is better than better. I like that. <laughs> can't even say it. It's so counterintuitive. And <laughs> you can't fake a, a real story. At least if you do, it's going to smell of fake. Whereas when it's real, well, the, the examples there is just, yeah, it makes total sense to me. And I, I wish that more people had the courage to do that when they started selling on Amazon instead of somebody's been, for example, I've worked with a GP, like he was a doctor for 20 years. And then he said, oh, I want to sell whatever it was, some random widget. And I said, has it occurred to you that you might, put 20 years of caring for people's health into what you do on Amazon. And the thought was kind of novel to him. So it's nice to actually embrace who you are, right? Instead of just trying to run away from who you are somehow. Yeah, look, the, the you know, I keep talking about Americans' love of the British people. They can smell a fake story, right? Yeah. Yeah. No one's smart, sharper than them at figuring this out. And it's the same thing over here too. It's like, you know, an inauthentic story told feels wrong. You may not even be able to put your finger on it. You may not be able to art articulate it, but it doesn't feel right. And it doesn't feel great. And it and it creates a barrier instead of what Rick said, which is so brilliant. It eliminates that barrier to purchase, right? By being just open and honest about who you are and where you're coming from. And I think it's a, I think it's it just a great trust. lesson. It builds trust. It builds trust. It builds trust. Exactly. So now the, the next chapter, after all this deep, really emotional stuff, is about beating <laughs> Amazon at their own private label game. So back in the hard world where people eat their young for lunch kind of thing. So, and I guess that the two sides are the same thing, right? So obviously one of the horrendous things we discover as third-party sellers is we are third-party bird dogs out there to show <laughs> Amazon what sells so that they can then go to your factory or a similar factory in China and get it cheaper and outsell you. So this is one of the obviously longer term dangers of being on Amazon. How do we deal with that horrible reality? And, and again, this comes back to Rick's story of branding, um, skipping ahead to his branding story. I've lived that, Michael. I've been in a position where I, I was a drop shipper when we first started on Amazon. And then Amazon came in and attached to all of our listings and offered the product for 20 to 30% less. And then we created exclusive products with other brands. And Amazon went to those brands and said, if you don't sell to me, I'm going to kick you off the platform. And then we created our own private label brands, which by the way, is the, the path that we recommend in the book. And then Amazon took our unique designs and copied them and set them right next to ours. But I'll tell you, for products not named Echo, Kindle, you know, Ring, those kinds of products, commodity type products like maybe, you know, electronic accessories. Although there's plenty of stories, and Rick, Rick and I have a mutual friend who does quite well making a good margin, making a better electronics uh, product. But the key is, I like to say there's 150 million Prime subscribers. 
50 million of those prime subscribers are only looking at price. They're only going to buy the cheapest priced, right? The most reviews. They don't care what the brand looks like. I don't care about those 50 million. It's not that I don't care about them. I can't compete with those folks. What we talk about with our clients is let's focus on the 50 million, the top 50 million of those 150 million prime subscribers that are making 200, 300, $500,000 a year and will never pay for the cheapest product. They want a premium product, right? And that goes back to having a great product that's better, right? Having a, a great brand, a great brand story, but also great brand messaging, look, feel, it, whether that's whether you're communicating your brand in words with great, great copy and, and benefits marketing or images and video, but you want to present yourself on Amazon as a premium product so that once you gain that first page search results, you can still do very, very well profitably by selling at a higher price than what those those younger younger folks do. And again, it all goes back into building trust. It all goes back into building a brand and putting your brand in the best possible light on those listing pages in a way that tells people, okay, you're more expensive, but I'm willing to pay more because I feel like I trust that I'm going to get more from this. And this is a more premium brand. That's where it's still safe. Amazon doesn't know how to play that game. You know, Amazon merchandisers, again, that aren't one of those names, those private brands that I mentioned, they're terrible. They're terrible. They don't, they're not merchandisers, they're engineers and they're overworked. They're the they're the most overworked, understaffed company in the world, which is hard to say with a million employees, right? But it's true. And so they just can't replace what the Amazon seller with their product knowledge, their hard work, their grit, their ingenuity, and their stick to it is they cannot replace what the, the third-party seller brings to the table. They just can't do it. Excellent. Well, that, that reminds me of a, a simple version of that, which is Tim Ferriss said in the 4-Hour Workweek. He's obviously, as an entrepreneur in terms of creating a business, not a practice on you, although he seems pretty good at investing and have good taste as well. But he said price high and justify. We, in other words, You've got to have price high, but you've got to have a reason why. And and I think that's, you know, the very succinct version. But I really think you're right. I mean, what? I didn't know it. Uh, Michael, real quick, I Mm. not to interrupt you. I didn't know it, but I'm, he references me in that book, The 4-Hour Workweek, as something. I I, I didn't know it. I told you, Michael, marketing legend. The 4-Hour Workweek. Absolutely. I didn't even know Well, The 4-Hour Workweek is an interesting thing, isn't it? I mean, we're going to go down a rabbit hole with the fact that it's badly named because Tim Ferriss himself said, look, I told you, he did it on a Google ads campaign and it was the most popular, which doesn't mean he liked it. But anyway, so it's good at succinct wisdom, I think. And the fact that he references you shows he has good taste as well. So, Rick, but (laughs) so what I I really love, what I'm taking from that that's comforting in in a sea of kind of scary (laughs) things we're putting out there is we're better at this than Amazon. At least you guys are. And we can learn to be better at this than Amazon. Building trust and giving people a reason to trust that we're going to give them a premium experience. And you're right, Amazon, if, if anyone's ever stupid enough to sell direct to Amazon, the vendor central, they'll just decimate your listing. They'll take all your lovely images and they'll replace it with two badly done images on white. And they, they're just and really dull bullet points. They just absolutely haven't got a clue how to write their own listings. It's quite entertaining how bad they are, considering they have all the examples. And they'll gut your yeah. price. You know, I've got some horror stories, Michael. I'm sure your your you know 10K group knows these. If you are selling one one P and you have a map pricing policy, Amazon will say, "Oh yeah, yeah, we'll follow your map pricing policy." But when they see it, when and if they see it being sold for less on somebody else's website, they'll lower their price and they'll send you a bill for the difference. I mean, they're completely nasty and they just don't make the time 
to put a brand's, I mean, what well, Jeff Bezos used to know the knowledge base, to be honest it, with you. Exactly. We exactly. And Jeff broke around. This is going back to brick and mortar retailers that the only marketing they could ever do was reduce the price. And Amazon's very similar to that. They, that's how they, that's how they do their marketing is, is price-based. And that's really one of the opportunities we point out in the book is you can do all the things that Amazon can't do or doesn't want to do to build your brand. Hope you've enjoyed today's uh, show with real powerhouses, I would say, of marketing of Amazon in uh, Jason's case and just generally marketing and particularly direct to consumer marketing by Rick Cesari. So some of the stuff we talked about today, uh, I guess some of the stuff in the Marine Corps is actually easier than Amazon, according to Jason. And uh, a few things that we got to take account of, they're a little bit less pleasurable. Amazon is dangerous. We need to think about that. But on the other hand, the solution really being storytelling and uh, you know some of the ways to beat Amazon at their own private label game, which really comes back to branding. And in the next segment from this show, the next episode, I should say, we're going to talk about Rick's five key strategies for building a great brand. And uh, that's really going to be the essentials i think as well as jason's uh, essential steps for finding a winning product as ever if you enjoyed the content don't forget to give us a rating on apple podcasts and whichever app you listen to us on don't forget to subscribe so you get it straight to your podcast player of choice thanks for listening thanks so much for listening to the 10k collective podcast part of the family of amazing fba podcasts Today's episode is sponsored by the new e-commerce podcast, The E-Commerce Leader. The podcast is hosted by yours truly and Jason Miles, multi-million dollar Shopify owner and Unimi's highest rated e-commerce instructor. If you're the owner of a thriving online business and you want to become the best e-commerce leader you can be, it's got your name on it. For free guides and mini courses on many topics, go to www.theecommerceleader.com.